0: than a hundred unique styles of beer each with their own set of ingredients process guidelines history and experience if you're a beer lover an industry leader or somewhere in between a better knowledge of beer style will improve your life and your work
1: welcome to a sense of beer style essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage i'm julia hers
0: and i'm jeremy storton
1: we're advanced cicerones, beer judges, home brewers, and we're excited to guide you through the vast and wonderful world of beer styles.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Uh, it's, uh, Jeremy and Julia here, and today we're going to talk about, in my estimation, one of th- one of these most mystifying. Beers from a scent of the way that it's brewed and the ingredients that they put in it, uh, but yet you know it, it should be a it, it should be a completely different beer, but it is drinkable and it is lovely and wonderful, and it's just pure magic of how they pull that off. Because I don't think I could come anywhere close, homebrewing. And of course, I'm talking about short beer, the Italian black. I'm sorry, Italian, the German black lager. I, I have I've got pasta in my brain right now. I must be hungry. Uh, so today we're going to talk about uh, the German Schwarzbier beer and the reason why it is so fascinating because you have all of these dark grains, you have hops, you have bitterness, a light body, all of the stuff that we're going to talk about in just a minute, but yet it is one of the most delightful, easy drinking beers despite uh, despite you know wanting to be a little bit harsh. Um, but of course, I, one of the things I love about this too is is German vocabulary Schwartz means black. We have some very good family friends whose last name is Schwartz and they're essentially in in English, they'd be, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Black. Um, uh, so let's get into it. Uh, that is, uh, what we're talking about. And, um, and let's talk about the ingredients like that. I alluded to in just a minute
1: here, here for Schwartz beer. Thanks for joining us. Love the intro. And I think the ingredients take us to a place of a very sessionable beer. How cool is that? Jeremy's opening an example. Um, but you have, for German beers, when you're in the land of Germany, you have malt that really always is the star with the yeast more of the backdrop. In this case, German Munich malt, which is a medium-level kilned malt, right? Right. Um, Gives us uh, uh, flavors with the Pilsner malt base in the background, not as aggressive as higher kilned or roasted malt flavors, even though you've got this huskless, dark, um, roasted malts that add roast without getting us to burnt um, and really get us to dark colors. You will have um, not in the style guidelines for BJCP, but some of the commercial examples out there will use certain malts called Cinnamar or other malts that they'll sneak in to give you that color, uh, but they don't give you as much roasted character. But a true classic German Schwarzbier does have some roast without burnt and then German hop varieties definitely are a uh, a, a star or a, a back a backup player the backup band right not to the star of that malt um, and then the uh, the German lager yeast that I mentioned really creates those clean fermentation characteristics right and that is kind of the typical ingredients typical ingredients though then lead us to wanting to dive into the beer. What, Jeremy, appearance-wise, are you um, wanting to overview for our fine listeners?
0: So this is the fun thing because it is called a Schwartz beer. It is a black beer, um, not the Italian, the German black lager. Um, but it is, if you look at it, especially if you hold it up to a light, it's not actually black. It is, you know, a kind of a medium to dark brown. Uh, and if you hold it up to the light, you can get these beautiful, like, ruby red highlights that, you know, right on the edge. Um, and that's pretty common. And as you can see, I've got this, uh, uh, it it's dissipated a little bit now, but I have this just really beautiful foamy, uh, kind of, uh, off white tan colored head. Uh, and it persists quite a while. It, it's a really beautiful, beautiful beer, but even better is the aroma.
1: Yeah, and speaking of aroma, when you look at what's um, in Jeremy's glass that he's smelling, the visual aspect might throw you off. I always say, don't be afraid of the dark. One of the favorite videos I ever shot for craftbeer.com is Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. And it talks about the strata, how dark colors do not equate to flavor um, or alcohol. They can be deceiving. So this is a rich, dark, rewarding beer that again is very sessionable um, and you are, when you're smelling it, not going to get a big burst of ethanol, right? You're going to get a low sessionable level of, of maybe ethanol, if at all, in the nose. It's really going to take you to um, some of what the malts bring to the to the table, maybe moderate um, malty, low aromatics of sweetness, but you can't really smell sweet, but it hints at sweetness. And then low, low roast, but again, not burnt, very important. And then you can go, you know, kind of to dark caramel if you have a classic example. Um, You could get hints of coffee, a little bit of dark cacao chocolate, but this is not um, going towards porters and stouts um, in the aspect of what you're going to get in the aroma, even though. This beer looks maybe like those styles. You might get a low essence, depending on how fresh it is, of those low um, spicy uh, German noble hops, but low to none, not um, you know not a requirement. And then uh, that lager yeast character, you, you might get an essence of lager yeast, a little snatch of sulfur, may or may not um, come out of the glass, and then a little nip of uh, carbon uh, dioxide, right, CO2. And how does it taste?
0: Oh well it tastes amazing and it is still i i just i can't wrap my head around how they pull this off um, but in this beer you have a, a kind of a low to medium rich malty bready flavor that is actually really clean there's no smoke you i mean you you want to assume that there's smoke in there that this beer makes you want to think that there are things happening in that beer that aren't actually there. And that's, that's kind of the fun part. It, it, uh, it, it kind of whispers stories that, uh, that you have to pay attention and, and find out what's true and what's not. Um, but you have all these flavors, you have a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of, um, of coffee, you know, a little bit of caramel, very similar to what we talked about in the aroma, but, uh, and you can have this roast and there's, you know, we, there's kind of a, Um, a continuum of toastiness to roastiness to burnt and think about your bread in the toaster when it gets brown when it gets dark brown when it gets start getting a little bit of black to where oh we just burnt it and need to throw it away this gets up to the point where you get those little notes of black roast flavor but it's never harsh it's never burnt it's never acrid when it's done right the uh and this is also kind of a, subsequently a very balanced beer. You have these, uh, dark, uh, malt flavors, but you have this medium, low to medium hop bitterness to kind of balance it out. So you have this, uh, but it's a very soft bitterness. It's not harsh at all. Um, uh, you have that, uh, low to medium hop flavor, the noble hop flavor, that's coming through the kind of like spicy floral flavors. And it, it's just very clean, but it, it is such a drinkable, drinkable, easy drinkable beer, a quaffable beer, if you want to get fancy, um, that, you know, on paper, dry finish, roastiness, uh, uh, bitterness, it should it should be a little bit harsh. It should make you think of like an American porter. It's not. It's wonderful. Um, so let's, let's talk about the mouthfeel and we can kind of round out this uh, flavor experience.
1: And I like setting this up this way because the mouthfeel is really medium light to medium body, which again, looking at this beer, you might not think that. Um, that carbonation moderate high to um, moderate, so carbonation is going to help dry it out mm-hmm. and give it a bit of an astringency, and that's in its favor towards that sessionability. Carbonation, I often always argue when people talk about ingredients of beer and they list malt, water, hops, yeast, right? I often say carbonation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that does play a factor. But, Jeremy, your essence of saying it's smooth um, is really a big requirement for proper examples of this version or, or this style. And no harshness is absolutely in the money, you know, of what you want. And, it, and no harshness really kind of gets that stringency you would tend to think from dark malts that are roasted, you do get an astringency. Astringency means tannins, polyphenols, um, You know, uh, biting on the end of that banana peel or sucking on a tea bag or a tea cup that's steeped too long with the tea bag. Um, uh, over barrel aged red wine that I get a lot from mm-hmm. California where they just didn't have light enough hand and you get tannins from those barrels. Well, roasted malt can certainly bring tannins to the table, and so the proper Schwartz beer is not going to have that essence, and that's why they talk about in the characteristic ingredients huskless dark roasted malts, because you're removing the chance for a lot of that astringency by removing the husks from that malt. And with that, I love the kind of the ladder of thinking when you play the game of what beer style example is this compared to that. Um, what, uh, Jeremy, what style comparisons would you have in the mix when you're, you know, blind tasting a Schwartz beer compared to its brothers and sister styles?
0: Yeah. And so it, it's closest cousin or brother and sister, uh, in my mind, it would be that Munich Dunkel. Um, uh, you know, Munich Dunkel is, is darker, has a lot of, uh, wonderful, uh, malt driven esters in there. This one, uh, the... The Schwartz beer is going to be very much like that Munich Dunkel, but it's going to be darker in color. It's going to be darker in flavor, if you know what I mean. Um, less uh, caramel and and toasty and and uh, and nutty. It's going to be more of that kind of toastier, uh, roastier uh, end of the spectrum, but it's drier on the palate. People think you mentioned this earlier, Julia. People think darker beers have got to be you know chewy this is not chewy. It's actually kind of dry and, and, and easy drinking. Um, uh, but there's that, that noticeable, um, maltiness that kind of drives the style. You've got the hops in there to balance it out. Uh, but so that's, uh, but that's what makes it uh, very similar to a dunkel, but it's just, just a little bit on the darker end of the spectrum. Um, it's also very much like a Czech dark lager, but of course, uh, it's going to be much drier than that. It's going to be less malty, less rich, less elegant than that checked dark lager, which is probably triple decocted at least or long boil times. Um, but the big thing that you know, people look at this, and uh, and I know people who have tried making essentially an American porter, but just add lager yeast to it. That is not a short spear. Uh, it it's it, it's. All the rough edges on a beer that you would expect from this have been shaved off and is just smooth and easy. Um, and so that that's kind of how I compare this. Um, but let's talk about what kind of uh, beer examples or commercial examples could be find in something like this.
1: Sure. And again, we're talking about Schwartz beer, uh, predominantly coming from Germany, although now influencing the whole beer world and many brewers across the globe. Uh, it's fun to look at the Beer Judge Certification Program style guidelines for 2021, which is what a sense of beer style follows, and know that there's several U.S. craft brewers that are actually in the mix mm-hmm. for having classic examples. Most German styles in the guidelines, your craft brewer, you you know, whatever country, you don't make it on the list. Schwartz beer's got multiple ones. Chuckanut out of Washington, Bellingham, Washington, that we reference a lot. Um, they, Will and Mari Kemper, their Schwartz lager, which I've never had, is listed first, believe it or not. Um, Devil's Backbone has a Schwartz beer that's also listed. We've gotten the style guidelines. Frem Family Breweries has a Schwartz beer that's listed. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. But Kulumbacher Mannschaft Schwartz beer is the first commercial example that I tested you know, in my studies with to prep for testing on Cicerone and BJCP levels and often is easier to find. Um, So you're going to look for examples that truly are from Germany or listed in the style guidelines. Um, And the ones listed in the style guidelines, you can usually find one or two um, at the Better Beer Providers. Um, Kohlstuhlitzer Schwartz Beer is also listed. Um, Nutzeller Original Bad Beer, which I love that name, um, has a little fun twist to it. So commercial examples really take us to a place that that's how you're going to calibrate. And speaking of calibration, um, vital statistics are truly what bring it all home. Take us through the numbers, Jeremy, on how to tell what a short um when a short is a short Yeah,
0: and so I've mentioned before that uh, when I studied for advanced cicerone, I looked at uh, looking at all the numbers. I I started really uh, finding the patterns, and for the uh, the. Uh, for lack of better words, please excuse, I don't mean any uh, disrespect, but the general German lager, they, uh, almost all of them, uh, of, of just the kind of the base German lagers, whatever color they are, they kind of uh, all ended up about four and a half to five and a half. Uh, and so this one falls into, in that same category, 4.4 4 to 5.4. So the German base beers are four and a half to five and a half. The IBUs, most of them were right about 20 to 30 this one is a little bit higher, 20 to 35, but it's not a bitter beer. Um, and when we talk about the color, this is this is the part that's really tricky. It's called Schwartz beer. So Schwartz would be black. Black is about 40 SRM. The SRM for the style is not black. It goes from kind of a dark amber, light brown to a darker brown from 19 to 30. Um, so that is the only tricky part when you go to study these these vital stats. Uh, but when we get back to our, when we get to the original gravity that falls in line with all the other German base beers, 1046 to 1052, kind of showing that it, it's not a terribly strong beer, but it's on the lower end of the uh, average spectrum. And then final gravity, we get to 1010 to 1016. And that, of course, that signifies that it's well attenuated, but there's still just a little bit of body there. Um, uh, so this beer also ends up being kind of dry, but has a little bit of body. And those are two different things just on the finish and just how it finishes. But the the body of it has uh, kind of that moderate body that, uh, displayed by 1010 to 1016. Um, and we did talk about the uh, the carbonation, at medium to medium high on this one. All of these things, kind of a little bit drier finish, a medium body, uh, medium to medium high uh, carbonation, all the stuff should take it to. A harsher beer experience. But of course, I, I can't say this enough. It is such a delightful, mystifying thing. Um, but let's talk about uh, the glassware that we would drink uh, this beer and if, if we were going to do it right.
1: Right. And I would say that a German Pilsner flute could be a hybrid version. Uh, Jeremy's got an example of a Willie Becker glass. Um, And you've got different producers having different shapes of glassware. This is because it's sessionable, a glass that's not meant to concentrate the flavors. You're going to probably do best with a glass like the Pilsner Flute or the Willy Becker that flares out a little bit. That basically just keeps it more sessionable, allows the CO2 to volatize out and has us not filling up as much from the carbonation that is helping dry it out. Um, And doesn't concentrate the aromatics, but more so allows us to have all the aromatics coming out of the glass and going to the to the back of our mouth where our retronasal passages are. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would also um, at serving temperature. I am not a big 38 degree Fahrenheit lady. If you look at at my beer fridge, right, we're both there. Um, My beer fridge is set at 42 that means by the time I pour it into the glass, which then it warms it up, and then I drink it, we're at 45 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's where I would suggest having that. You're going to then get an essence of some of those um, roasted malts and the Munich malt and really have a little better chance to get some of those volatile aromas that just would be more hidden the colder the beer is, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, about 45 is, is perfect just to let this let the flavors come out and express themselves a little bit better.
1: Yeah. And so pairing suggestions, Jeremy, starting suggestions,
0: you know, I, I'm I'm going to avoid saying tacos once again, Uh, you know, for something like this, I would love, uh, some, uh, uh, something like a Cajun jambalaya or like a blackened uh, swordfish, uh, done on the grill. Uh, I, I would love to see how the subtle roastiness of this beer plays with some of that uh, smoky blackened flavor. I think there'd be a little cancellation effect, but in a very, very good way. I think it would help bring out some of the um, flavors of the swordfish, flavors of the malt, and and really I delight that. Uh, for dessert, um, I don't know what just made me think of this, but I would love to do something along the lines of like uh, fried plantains with a little bit of uh, uh, f- uh, rum flambéed and and just kind of see how this plays and see if there's some roast flavors that, that help balance that abundance of sweetness from that standpoint you
1: you totally have me going on that but i'll up the game where one more <laughs> i would wipe those i would like those plantains dried and then char grilled so Ooh. we get a little bit more of that flavor and echo to some of the the low level roast in that beer yeah um fried won't give us that aspect so i want a little bit of char on something right. that maybe is a little burnt but then it doesn't make the beer seem burnt um but it finds its way to that malt that's this that's good stuff yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's just kind of fun to, And, you know, and and if it doesn't work, you know what happens? Nothing. You go and try again until you find something right. that's you a home either, run.
1: You ch- you change out the beer for the food or you change out the food for the beer. Yeah, There's absolutely. always options in pairing. And I would put it I think um I would love to see this beer, which is so clean and so smooth and a little bit dry, but yet residual sugar with that 1010 to 1016 final gravity. I'd like to see some earthiness brought to the equation. Mm. So um, maybe a mushroom strudel, uh, you know, mushroom stroganoff. I want to see it with not some pungent mushrooms, but like medium to lower level uh, intensity mushrooms. And I think that would really play well with those malts. Um, that's on my mind. And then it's kind of a you know, medium level stinky cheese. Maybe put it with a goat cheese and see if it makes it more gamey um, or sheep cheese uh, or if it actually helps round it out and soften it out. Uh, I like the aspect of thinking about this with cow's milk, um, you know, too. So, some mozzarella, but it might get washed out. It might wash out the mozzarella, but it's because it's a delicate enough beer. I don't want to put it with too high intensity cheeses.
0: Yeah. I, I think something, uh, 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 wash rind, uh, very, very, very funky would be a little too much. Um, and you got me thinking about, uh, other cheeses like a like a raclette or something like that you expect to find in these alpine uh, areas that that would just be beautiful with this um but you know that there's a million things we could say about this beer most importantly i want to say it is much easier drinking than most people expect i think i've mentioned that what 101 times now during just the short uh, style cast but i absolutely mean it please go find one and enjoy it and study it and learn it um and and find out what food pairs with this i'd I'd love i'd love to hear what you guys pair with this and what really worked for you
1: yeah balance a beer that is balanced in its roasted malt balanced in its back end hot bitterness a little bit drier because of the bite of carbonation um not never harsh very sessionable go go seek and find um and that's it for this episode of schwartz beer from a sense of Beer style thanks for listening yeah cheers Thank you for listening to a sense of beer style, the essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage with advanced Cicerone's me, Julia,
0: and me, Jeremy.
1: Tune into the next episode as we continue exploring the world of beer styles and what to make of them. We encourage you to listen to the prep episodes to build your foundation and better understand beer styles.
0: And before the next episode, I'd like to ask you to review the show and let us know what you'd like featured in upcoming episodes. Until next time, here's to you and your sense of beer style. Thank you for listening. Cheers.